If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. So, do you say Ubisoft or Ubisoft? Because if you say Ubisoft, you're wrong. I, d- I do say Ubisoft. I noticed earlier. But I've, I've, whenever I've seen like the uh, idents at the start of their games, it's always a Ubisoft game, not an Ubisoft game. Oh. So that's how I, that's how I know it's Ubisoft. Sure. Ubisoft. So, in grand, slightly Civil War tradition, let's give our real opinions. I think a sandbox game, an open world game, is only as good as how much fun you are having in it. I do not care for Ubisoft. Ubisoft games get old so flippin' fast. I tend to feel there are way too many open world games in gaming generally at the moment. Especially in the AAA sector, it's the thing they always go to because it's the best way to show off their amazing graphics engines, I suppose. But I feel there is value in a curated experience. Like Dark Souls, for example, which is sort of open world, but it's more a sort of spaghetti mess of pathways rather than, you know, an open meadow like what a sandbox is. Well, and I, I guess that like that's the difference is like, is it an open world or is it a sandbox? And yeah. to to me, Rockstar is is the company that helped define what we think of as the sandbox where like like we were talking about in the show, you can play golf like in, in GTA mm. five. You can just go play golf. They, they have a very competent golf minigame. Uh, you can j- just fart around and drive off of ramps. There is so much to do in that world besides the story or any of the missions. Yeah, but I feel like without a core gameplay mechanic around which to structure everything, then the Rockstar Sandbox is on a hiding to nothing. Because the only way to develop that idea is just to make a world that's completely like the real world where you can do everything there that you can do in the real world you can go to the toilet you can pour (laughs) pour yourself a bowl of cereal from the kitchen cabinet and i think that's okay like if that's the experience that you want then that's okay but it's a sort of a completely impractical brief make a sandbox where you can do whatever you like what if i want to um sell umbrellas in um constantinople (laughs) Uh, one day yes one day you will have that option uh in fact well like i suppose technically you have that option today if you just play a game of uh of uh, what's it called uh ai dungeon play a game of ai dungeon and say you want to sell umbrellas (laughs) my point is i believe in core gameplay loop focused game design and what tends to happen in rockstar games is that most of them are just when you're going through the campaign, it's just ride to a place while some dreary fuckwit talks your ear off and then have a shootout. Yeah, I I will agree with you that the actual gameplay mechanics of any given Rockstar game are not the best. 
Especially with that euphoria engine, as I was saying, where the movement physics like tends to prioritise reality over yes. being fun to play with. Agreed. Like it's it, while I love just riding around on my horse in Red Dead Redemption Two and taking in the vistas. If I actually need to shoot someone or like chase after someone, it's a bad time. I mm. will agree with that. But the whole is bigger than the lesser of its parts in a Rockstar game. I have no idea what you just said. The the ex- the total experience like you know like, like let's look at red dead redemption 2 that's their most recent game the hmm. total experience i think is a very good experience it's a lot of fun overall to pretend that you're a cowboy and do cowboy things even though the movement is slow and sluggish the actual mechanics don't really work the there's some glitches in the graphics but the characters are fun the story segments are fun the world is beautiful to hang out in so the the, whole uh, is greater than the less it's it's the elder scrolls thing where it looks good from a distance and talked about like outside of it but when you get into it and get right down to the nitty-gritty of it it's a load of weird-faced boggle-eyed people staring at you and saying stupid things and and, and walking someone, around in very glitchy ways someone who has played uh, skyrim so many times i can tell you the combat always sucks skyrim yeah. combat is the worst yet the game as a whole is so is like, great so it's almost like the rockstar sandbox sells the complete experience Right. It sells the whole thing. Mm. It sells the abstract. Whereas Ubisoft games are much more systematic. They're more uh, moment to moment. I think Ubisoft uses... uh, How do I want to say this? I I think Ubisoft uses sandbox tropes to disguise their lack of game. Hmm. Because, uh, you know, a combat in an Assassin's Creed game is generally passable. I like the whole send the bird up, look at the things, you know, figure out your stealthy way. Like, overall, that's fine. And if we got that in a more linear type experience, I think everyone would have a good time. Um, But it would also get very boring and repetitive. And so they use the sandbox elements to try to disguise the fact that their gameplay is boring and repetitive. Hmm. Is that's interesting what? take? <laughs> because because like their combat is nothing special, right? No, in no. in a in it's, an Assassin's Creed ba- game, it's Batman Arkham stuff, right? It's Batman Arkham stuff. The characters are are literally nothing. They are empty vessels. I think don't think it's fair to say that universally. What I will say uh. is that. I mean, I think when we were deciding on this topic last week, I said that this is sort of like the modern Sierra versus LucasArts argument. (laughs) Yeah. Because that old argument was very much the same quantity over quality thing. Mm -hmm. LucasArts made a handful of adventure games that are remembered as some of the greatest adventure games in history. Secret Mm -hmm. of Monkey Island, Grim Fandango... Uh, several more. Day of the Tentacle. <laughs> Day of the Tentacle. Uh, what was the what was the motorcycle one? Uh, Full, Full throttle, throttle, which yeah. isn't which isn't so good, but you know it's still LucasArts, so it's still right. better than most adventure games. <laughs> Whereas Sierra was just constantly turning the crank. Mm-hmm. They they didn't have like they weren't really idea based. They just like took a generic setting 
mm-hmm. and uh, cranked games out of it. King's space Quest, Quest generic fantasy, Space Quest generic sci-fi. Police Legis- Quest. Police <laughs> Quest, yes. Leisure Suit Larry. Um, whatever you want to call that. Like stock sex comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's just a comedy. A boner comedy. But every now and again, while they were turning the crank, they stumbled upon something good. Mm-hmm. Space Quest Five is a really good game. It's a really good game that takes uh, that has some uh, pseudo sort of open world exploration mm-hmm. aspects as you go around the universe, uh, like completing your objectives. It's very character focused. There is an intrigue and a plot in it. It's, it's probably the best Space Quest game, and uh, probably up there. Okay, one of my favorite adventure games. Mm. And it's because they kept turning the crank that eventually something good came out. And I think Ubisoft has a similar approach. <laughs> I'm with you. It certainly seems to be the approach Assassin's Creed series has been taking. <laughs> Our fucking Sorcerer's Apprentice broomsticks of a series. That's just bringing out a new one every year. Mm-hmm. Just a room full of people going, what setting haven't we done yet? <laughs> but every now and again, you know, it hits the mark. Mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed 2, very good. Assassin's Creed Black Flag, very good. Mm. Well, I liked it when it was being a pirate sim. I didn't like it so much when it was being an Assassin's Creed game, but it was a very good pirate sim. (laughs) Well, there you go. They added a new gameplay mechanic that you enjoyed outside of their usual usual stuff. And I don't know, like, to me, being in a Rockstar game, to me, like, Rockstar versus Ubisoft is the difference between an open world and a sandbox. And, you know, that sandbox element of Rockstar Games, of Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Redemption, uh, is what makes it special. Because you can just play play some poker. Like, that's what I'm doing today. I'm just playing poker. That's all I'm doing. And that's that, to me, is what makes it special. Even though, yeah... Shooting dudes, punching dudes feels bad. It sucks. (laughs) But if I just want to hang out in a cowboy world for a little bit. Right, right. It's the the sandbox find your own fun thing where you're you're making up your own story. Saying, I've decided I'm going to be the kind of cowboy who just blows things off and gets drunk and plays cards all day. Exactly. And it has its rules in place, you know, and you you basically you just want to see where you can bounce off of the rules. And to me, that's the fun of a Rockstar game, whereas a a Ubisoft experience is just is just same shit, different location. I think there was a bit of the um, make you make up your own fun thing in Watch Dogs Legion, the most recent one. Mm -hmm. And everyone says I'm chilling for that just because I worked on it. But I do genuinely think there is some... Um, well, we had fun when we were streaming it. Yeah. And we realised we could just blow the missions off and then drive a double-decker bus into the London <laughs> Eye and then stumble around drunk. <laughs> exactly. And you found, and you found and some fun characters to be. Yeah. Remember remember Magician Grandma? She was the best. Yeah, yeah. And it's because they didn't define the characters too much. Like, yeah. Give the marks that we were able to like fill in the blanks in our head. Mm-hmm. But you do have to approach that with a, the right mindset, I suppose. You had to approach it with the mindset that you'd normally take into a Rockstar game hmm, mm-hmm. where you're just going to mess around. <laughs> right. Well, and for it was, some... It was unusual for Ubisoft games, which, as I say, are more about, you know, following the formula and going down the checklist of objectives. Right, right, right. 
Ubisoft sandboxes, what, you, what usually defines them is that you've got a map and it's just splattered with icons. You pick an icon, you mark it, you go to it, mm-hmm. you press the button over the thing, and that's it. And that's go to it. The, and then go to the next icon on the checklist. <laughs> and I do think, like, as we get to more AAA sandbox slash open world games, they are taking that that element of the Ubisoft experience in a negative sense. I think like that is a negative sense of a lot of open world games, though, to be fair, some of the latest open world games I love very, very much. Uh, uh, as we were talking about before we recorded Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, I am currently doing every single side objective possible to delay the story as much because I just want to swing around as Spider-Man. See, that's what you need. Mm -hmm. The Ubisoft sandbox in your standard model is sort of like the baseline at this point. Right. Stealth action adventure with crafting and collectibles. That's just, you know, the white noise. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But for the but for the game to actually really make a mark, you have to have some kind of unique selling point to center all that around. Mm-hmm. It's like um, you know, just cover-based combat in third-person shooters. That's the baseline. It's inventory puzzles in 90s adventure games. That's the yeah. base. <laughs> That's the yeah. foundation. That's not the building. That's the foundation. Ooh, you're 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 spitting truth here, Yats. And the buildings in your Spider-Man are mm-hmm. the are the core gameplay mechanics of swinging around and uh, beating up crims and beating in up a criminals spectacular way. And the characters in the story are the window dressing, very similarly in Ghost of Tsushima, where you know I know that was a game that I very much enjoyed. Uh, but you know the combat mechanics were spectacular, and the characters were fun to be around. Yeah, Ooh. I'm with you. Watch- Watch Dogs Legion has its NBC recruitment thing, which mm. is kind of dodgy, but it's something. It's a thing to focus on. <laughs> so many of these, like, summer games just don't have anything to focus on. Yeah, well, and I feel like that's a lot of the the Assassin's Creed game. You know, Valhalla well, that was, just came that out, That was right? certainly the problem with Valhalla. My review, <laughs> my review will be out by the time this video goes out, but oh, okay. it's not out at this time. It's coming out this week. Mm. But that was pretty much my point. Mm-hmm. There is nothing really to focus on. It's just blur. I mean, that, at least in say Assassin's Creed Unity, you can climb up Notre Dame and go fucking hell. Look at me! I'm standing on top of Notre Dame. <laughs> Valhalla's got 500 <laughs> mud huts and the odd Viking longhouse. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's a real shame. Because it's the Dark Ages. What do you want? This is what they. It's all they have. Actually, it might be the Middle Ages. It's set in like around the turn of the first millennium, like 900 AD. Oh, God. How can you... That, how, how do you know what age is what? How, do you, how does say. one Let know? Me, I'm, I'm going to look that up. What oh, is okay. the difference between the Dark Ages and the Middle Ages? You go right ahead. Middle Ages. In the history of Europe, the Middle Ages, or medieval period, lasted from the 5th to the late 15th century. Well, there you go. It's quite a long period of time. Yeah, that's a big span. That's, that's, a, a, that's a thousand years. <laughs> that's a that's a long, large period of time. I bet the people who lived in that had different names for like the time they were living in. <laughs> they didn't. Yeah, they had no idea they were going to be clumped all together. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't want to be clumped in, with those dickheads. We're, we're the in betweeny part of history. <laughs> so I presume Dark Ages. Well, uh, 
I guess, according to this, Dark Age is more of a general term for just a period we don't know much about. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, assume, that makes sense. Yeah, every, everything up to the 5th century <laughs> would be the Dark Ages. So yeah, I guess Valhalla is more Middle Ages. But who cares? Dark Ages, Middle Ages, it's all mud huts to me. <laughs> well, but I, I think this is the the core to what we've been talking about here, which is that if you have a template, if you have, you know, a, a core genre that you are going for, you need to make sure you have something that makes it special, whether that just be your very immersive world, whether it be your fun and interesting characters, or whether it be, you know, that your cows, your your horse's testicles shrink. You know, like, we all got our things. Would anyone really have noticed that if they hadn't mentioned it? Here's here's my real, uh, very cynical take on the horse's testicles thing, is I bet some developer like had that as a joke like as a side thing where they're like hey boss look what i can do we can make the horse's testicle shrink isn't that funny and then someone internally said no 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 wait get that in the game that can be marketing like we're, we're gonna have a like 10 million stories about our horse testicles and that's gonna help sell the game well yeah i mean the number of people that work on these games you gotta imagine a few of them were just bored one day exactly like, let's just add testicle physics why not we've got the time we've got it's all there in the code we'll just say if temperature less than such and such no. horse tentacles testicles not tentacles horse <laughs> tentacles is a different game oh. horse testicles shrink <laughs> equals one yeah and and then someone in pr saw that and saw their golden opportunity and you know got that information out to the bloggers a million billion articles were written up about horse testicles and Red Dead Redemption 2 was on everybody's mind. Because the other side of the same coin of this is the Hideo Kojima thing, where there's this attention to detail, but not because of people were bored, just because the guy behind it was a psychopath. <laughs> I, you know, when we think about open world games, uh, Death, Death Stranding yeah. is an interesting one. Yeah. That's that you it's know like people it's it makes people talk. It wasn't I, just it wasn't just the foundation. It has it's doing something. I I respect Death Stranding a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. I don't I, I don't think it's a great game, but I respect it a lot. Um, Did you know uh, uh, when he was making Metal Gear Solid Two? Mm-hmm. There's a bit. There's like one room in that game where there's like an ice shaker. And if you shoot it, ice gets spilled across the counter. Oh, okay. And he actually insisted on coding an algorithm that decided how quickly those ice cubes would melt based on how far away they were from other ice cubes. And that's why when I look at Death Stranding, because <laughs> I mentioned in my review of Death Stranding that in that game you can make grenades out of your piss. Yes. And when I saw a piss grenade, I, saw the, I thought the piss looked a bit orange. And I was thinking, hmm, does that mean my character's a bit dehydrated? And then I've wondered if there were any other developer on this planet that could make me wonder that. Because he really seems like the sort of person who would put a urine coloration algorithm into his game. Of course he would. Did you test this theory out? Did you drink? Did you drink more? I didn't drink Monster Energy drink (laughs) and then determine what color the piss grenade was. I was not. Frankly, I wasn't that interested. Uh, all right, no, that's fair. That's fair. But I was—it was just a fleeting fat wonder that I had. 
Just thinking, though, about Death Stranding and its open world, it's a very boring open world. Intentionally so, I'd say. It's supposed to be about isolation, I suppose. You're yes. supposed to get into the mind of a, of a lone wanderer trying to tame the wilderness by drawing the lines between the human settlements. Yes. But it's also very boring. <laughs> Which it, well, it's like, got like two boss fights with Mads Mikkelsen like 16 hours apart. What more do you want? I just, there's stuff to do. I'd like stuff to do, please. You can carry boxes. <laughs> that's that's the core mechanic. You've got to figure out how to stack them so you don't fall over. That's the challenge. That's actually, no, that's, I, that's the part I loved the most about it. Was before before you got your motorcycle, before you built your roads, just walking around and doing that calculation. I'm like, oh, I can get one more box, but then I won't have uh, the my emergency piss grenade ready to go. Okay, I can't take this box. I need I need my poop grenade or whatever it is, right? Oh no, your blood grenade. That was the good one. Mm. Your blood See, grenade was the good. See, one. we're arguing about it. Exactly. No, no one's arguing about Assassin's Creed games these days. No one's arguing about Assassin's Creed games or Grand Theft Auto games or Red Dead. No one even talks about Red Dead Redemption 2 anymore. No, funny that. That's weird. It's, it was, it's an enjoyable game overall, but no one talks about it. Why it is, is boring, though. As I say, it yeah. is long journeys and long conversations and then very samey shootouts for want of something to do. Yeah, I suppose that's true. That's true. That's I think I think Red Dead Redemption Two is the lesser, like if you compare Red Dead Redemption Two to Grand Theft Auto Five, mm. Grand Theft Auto Five is better. There's more. Red there's Red more to Red do. Red Dead Redemption Two tends to take itself a bit too seriously. Ooh, that is very very true. That mm. is very very true. Mm. The other thing about Ubisoft Sandbox is is that, as I say, they are very diverse. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the way they've been almost psychotically diverse that makes me think there's a lot less care going into what the stories are telling. Hmm, okay, okay. Like the main character of Valhalla, at the start you choose whether they're male or female or whether the game just shifts back and forth between male and female because you don't want to commit. How does that work? I didn't try it out myself. (laughs) But you got three (laughs) options at the start. Uh-huh. You can be male, you can female, or or just let the animus go nuts and go back and forth. All right, that's that's unusual. I'll say that that's very unusual. I guess, I guess if you didn't want to commit to a specific gender identity, sure. Well, and wasn't there a wasn't there, was there a, a controversy with uh, yes, Odyssey? Yes, there was a uh, there was a controversy years ago surrounding Assassin's Creed Unity, if you oh. recall. Oh, because that introduced okay. a multiplayer mode where um, you uh, play with various other players on, like, group assassination missions. Okay. But the the gimmick was that it was a seamless multiplayer mode. Like, you'd be in the sandbox playing single player, and then you could just say, oh, I'll just do this mission here, and I'll just plop you into this mission, ran, like, without you knowing about any jiggery-pogery going on behind the scenes. Uh-huh. They'd put you into a server and put you with three other players, and but they were all the same dude. Oh. It looked like the same dude with like different coloured robes when you were grouped with other guys. Okay. And people were complaining that if there's a multiplayer mode, we should have the option to play as what character we want to present to the rest of the world. Absolutely. 
And Ubisoft was all like, no, we don't want to put female options in because it wouldn't be seamless because you're always playing the same character, mm. like the dude. Oh, right. Uh, Didn't they say, like, adding girls would be, it would be harder to add women? I think that was someone put on the spot saying something dumb. They got <laughs> blown out of uh, proportion. <laughs> but, yes, there was that controversy. And I, and I think because Ubisoft just, like, goes with the tide. Yeah. And doesn't really care what they're making, just as long as they're making something. Mm-hmm. Then the next game was Syndicate, which had a choice between male and female protagonists and lots of female enemies in the random mobs. Ah, okay. Which I question from a historical perspective, because I don't think women were allowed to do much in Victorian times, but, you know... Uh, once, There's, you know... I mean, if we, if we insisted on being historically accurate everywhere, everyone would just be talking Latin, right? Exactly. That's uh, the the question of historical accuracy never never phases me as it's a game about a secret group of assassins. We don't you know, like come on, right. come on. Nothing matters. But, it's fantasy. But then, like, but then, uh, not in Origins, but in Odyssey and in Valhalla, you you uh, you chose the gender of your protagonist. It was written uh, it was written down as a as an animus glitch. Oh. The animus wasn't sure what gender this person was. We extracted the DNA from their corpse, but we don't know what gender they were. Ah, oh, gotcha. So, we, so you get to pick. <laughs> and not not that I'm talking down diversity. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing, and it's mm-hmm. lovely that we live in live in a multicultural world full of different perspectives. But I feel like when you when you have that sort of thing, you're sacrificing uh, a certain element. Do you know what I'm saying? No. A certain stories work best with a character of a of a very specific kind. Like I would say something like. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil has a female protagonist and wouldn't work with a male protagonist because there are themes of there are themes in there that relate to the female experience. There are themes of motherhood and protectiveness, and maybe that's a bit bio truthy. But the game probably at, for the time wouldn't have worked with a male protagonist. Similarly, there are games that are about uh, masculinity, like Silent Hill Two. The central theme of that game is. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 male sexual frustration and that game wouldn't have worked if you swapped the genders around hmm. so I feel like you're making an artistic sacrifice when you let players play whatever the hell they like in your game sure it, but it reflects, I, I, I don't I mean, know if, oh sorry go ahead well in, in your Rockstar games all those characters are very specific characters mm-hmm. there's nothing fluid about them Arthur, Morgan, Nico Bellic, all the GTA 5 lads they're all very distinct characters that you can tell have been very uh, tightly written. Someone Correct. very, very, um, spends a lot of time working out their characters and personalities and their interplays. Nico Bellic in GTA 4 is, to my mind, <laughs> one of the best protagonists in uh, games of, the, of its time. Well, but I think that just speaks more to the the Ubisoft way of doing things, where they're not caring about your character. Yeah, be be whoever you want to be. Like they they're not going as far as like RPG, like choose your character. But I don't. I have never seen a Ubisoft character that I care about particularly, <laughs> at least in the Assassin's Creed games. Well, I guess I cared about Ezio, but. Uh... 
I guess only because he was in like five games. And <laughs> it was like like the soap opera thing where you just want to know what happens next in your stories. Sure, sure. You just get attached to something just because it's been around a lot. <laughs> that's but you know, it, it, it was a character. He had an arc. Hmm. He was like he was a rascally womanizer in Renaissance Italy who had to learn maturity and bring the assassin order back hmm. together. Oh, well, there and, you uh, go. Every protagonist since then has just been, you know, random mercenary dude who does odd jobs for whoever spoke to them last. So very true. Ubisoft. Oh, yeah. Ubisoft. What are you going to do? Yeah. I think, <laughs> what are you going to do? What are they working on next? Oh, uh, well, there's that new thing, isn't there? Immortals Phoenix Rising. Oh, my lordy, lordy, lordy. What a what a garbage fire. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I tend to avoid hype. I tend to play... I tend to only, like, take an interest in games when I start playing them. Sure. No, and I think that's that's really smart. I... The only I ha, I played the demo. There was a free demo available over on Stadia. And, you know, it's well, just kind of... bringing endorsement right there. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying my, uh, my Stadia experience so far, I'll be honest with you. Okay, fine. Um, uh, uh, but... The uh, the Phoenix Immortals Rising kind of gave a slice. Oh, here's what combat's going to look like. Here's what your your Breath of the Wild E type powers are going to look like, and uh, and I thought it was just awful. I thought everything about it was just awful and lacking in any sort of personality. They is it, they, open, is it open world? Oh, I, yes, I see. It is an open world. It is an open world, and one of the one of the. Uh, selling points is you have uh oh who was the guy that was rolling the rock forever sisyphus oh maybe not sisyphus maybe prometheus i think you have zeus and prometheus like making a bet about your character and then you know you're you do the story and zeus and prometheus are like wise cracking about your character throughout the entire of the demo and it's awful they're they're like making pop culture references and jokes while you're doing your thing in the game and it's awful okay that does sound pretty bad and also they should probably be shot out of principle just for the way they spelled phoenix there (laughs) that's the name of your character phoenix what like marcus phoenix i I don't know (laughs) I don't know. I don't understand. All I know is it's it's very generic gameplay. The world uh, has nothing neat or special about it. And the two people who are supposed to bring the comic relief, I wanted them to shut up more than anything else. What the that's, hell is an Amazon Luna? That's uh, Amazon's version of Stadia. Ah, I did wonder. Because uh, apparently it's coming out for that and like 19 other things. Hmm. Also, I normally expect there to be a colon in that title, but apparently there isn't. It's just Immortals Phoenix Rising. Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yes. Immortals Phoenix Rising. I, I assumed from the from that title it was a, like a a dry heap scenario where they just have two titles for no reason, like with a immor- colon in between. But where would the colon go after, after immortals? immortals? Yeah. Oh, so it's like part of the Immortals tale, but this is Phoenix Rising. Yeah, yeah, you know, like Beyond Two Souls. Oh. Or Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. <laughs> Ew, stop saying stop saying awful titles. I know. Uh, I've, I've long had a grudge against 
Titles that aren't even part of a franchise yet, trying to do the franchise thing where they have a colon and a <laughs> subtitle on the end. Well, at least no colon. No, but for for Immortals Phoenix Rising, they're they're attempting to be a true Breath of the Wild like, where it's open world and you get all of these different powers and you are they're they're trying to add a systematic element to it, and I think they will uh, fail heartily. Hmm. They will fail very very Lord. hard. Lord save us from the Breath of the Wild clones. No, well, if if they're good, I'll take them if they're good. <laughs> right? Breath of the Wild's great. Yeah. Give, me, give me more of that. Just make it good, not a cash grab. I don't know. It might be like um, the World of Warcraft thing where you're just we're just content to have one thing that's really open world and systematic and for everything else we're just like, you know, new ideas and new stories and I suppose. a tighter focus. It's, you can have one thing where you can just fuck around and do whatever you like and climb all over the mountains mm-hmm. and mess around with systems. But everything else, we would like a bit more discipline in its design. Thank you. Not, I'm not signing off on that. I, I want more, more fucking around. <laughs> I won't well, have time to play any of it, but I want it. <laughs> fuck around and find out. Yeah. No, fuck, fuck around. around. For, you can't fuck around forever. Sooner or later, you got to fuck around towards something. Eh, fuck around. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck in the direction of this plot point over here. I'm gonna fuck in the direction of this other plot point. That's what I do in Spider Man. I, I just like I, I, I choose the the next thing that's the furthest away from me. I swing all the way over there, stop all the crime on my way. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> you know why Breath of the Wild worked? Mm. Because yeah fuck around and find out but that was just one ingredient the other ingredient was here's where you go to finish the game and win that was it and then it's not just a big ball of fuck around then it's a string of pearls then it's fuck aroundy fuck aroundy fuck aroundy but sooner but always on the horizon there's that thing at the end and when we're ready when we're enough fucking around to be ready we're gonna go there and save the day that's the difference. Ooh, how true. They they put it all in your hands. Whenever you are done, you yeah. get to make that decision. But there had to be a very clear, visible point of being done. Ooh, not just a clear, visible point of being done, yeah. It's the, the thing you just said there was even more profound than you understand. Oh, okay. A, a reachable uh, ending. Yeah, you could get you could go there like a start if you want. You you can you it know was, uh, people have gotten for, there in minutes. Built for speed running that game. I Absolutely, mean, Nintendo knew that full well. They were like, "Bet you can't win the game in five minutes." <laughs> knowing game full with, well, knowing full th- well, there'd be like five hundred <laughs> speed runs on YouTube within ten minutes. I got twenty branches. I'm gonna kick Ganon's ass right away. I can't stand it anymore, Jack. I'm going to have to ask you to rub that dog's belly. I didn't even notice she went belly. Look at that. I can't stand it anymore. Oh, yes. yes. Yes, rub that belly. Good girl. Good girl. All right. Okay. All right. Now Thank we can you move for, on. Thank you for warning me of the dire situation. 
that uh, certainly would have. Uh, but no, like, you know, thinking of other open world games, sorry for anyone who's just listening to this and yet to hear all the noise of like my chair rolling back. Over. To watch this on YouTube, you could have seen the dog getting his belly rubbed. That's that's, that's part of the part of the joy. Uh, other open world games definitely gate off parts of the world for level reasons or for story reasons. And yeah, that's when it's sort of that's where you take away the sandbox definition. Yeah. I mean, the sandbox by definition is here's everything, do <laughs> nuts. <laughs> right. But when you uh, close off an area until we're like developed enough to go there, that's just an RPG, mate. Right. It could be an open world RPG, but that's what it is. Ooh. It's not like a sandbox it. anymore. I like it. We're we're honing in. We're honing in on the true meat of this episode, which is I which is something I said early on during in the podcast, which is I think a lot of people have taken bits of the sandbox and used it to pad out and or obfuscate uh their own gameplay. Yeah. When you say padding out, that makes me think of that whole opening section of Last of Us 2, where you've, when you get to Seattle, and oh, it's a sandbox fuck. for a bit. It's for a sandbox no, for 10 minutes for no reason. Yeah, that's for right. no particular reason at all. <laughs> and I wonder if that's just because everyone expects the games to be open world now. That, that was honestly baffling. That was, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, where do you want to go now? Uh, there is still a distinction uh, between open world in the sense of Assassin's Creed Valhalla with the RPG elements and open world in the sense of Dark Souls. Okay. Which is more of the Metroidvania thing, as I said. It's like a sprawl of paths rather mm. than the open meadow. Ooh, yeah. So perhaps some better terminology is required here. I, I like I like that though, like because if we if we want to get incredibly pedantic about it, would something like a Metroid game be considered open world? Because eventually you get to go everywhere. Yeah, but it's open in the sense that you can take any path, right? Open in the sense of um, Assassin's Creed is that you can go anywhere. Mm. You can be on a building and go. Oh, I've randomly decided to go to a building that's. 100 yards to the northwest mm-hmm. and in something like metroid you're usually in some kind of corridor or or fork of the paths but that's just the world of metroid yeah it's it's more hmm if i would like to come up with terminologies to differentiate these two kinds of games yeah open world for, we'll say assassin's creed is open world mm-hmm. and we'll say metroid prime is um Multipath. Ooh, okay. Multipath. I like that. And yeah, so and dark so Dark Souls then would be in the multipath branch. Yes. Right. But specific but I guess mm, when you say multipath, you can also like go back along paths as well. It's not just like picking a route like it's a choose your own adventure book, like a David Cage game. <laughs> right. It you can you can go back and forth along the paths and take any route like a Castlevania game. So it's more like a a sprawl. <laughs> I, I, I want to say you called it uh, earlier. You just called it spaghetti. Yeah, spaghetti. <laughs> and I, and spaghetti like sprawl. Spaghetti sprawl. Open world and spaghetti sprawl. That's the difference. Yes, spaghetti sprawl. I like that. I like that. I think that. I think that works for a lot of games. Um, and I think a lot of games may, maybe need to get rid of some of their open world and just go full spaghetti. Yeah. So now Dark Souls is a spaghetti game. 
Well, you have to call it that. It's spaghetti-like <laughs> instead of sauce-like. Well, I guess maybe go with sprawl instead. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a sprawl path game. It's a sprawler. It's a sprawler. Nice. <laughs> And then you could make something like, um, oh, what's it called? That really weird first-person brawler that's made in the Source engine. A first-person brawler? Yeah. That's made in the Source engine. I I can't wait to find out what this is. Uh... I think it starts with a Z. Zeno Clash, that's it. Yes, Zeno Clash is the game I'm thinking of. Now that's got that's like got uh, brawling gameplay, and uh-huh. it's sort of that sort of open worldy thing as well. So we could call that a brawler sprawler. <laughs> is this the very first time I've heard of Zeno Clash? Oh my god, this is ugly. Yeah, what it's is an this? game. It's been out a while. It's got a sort of Brian Froud art style. It came out in 2009. Holy oh, moly. Yeah. yeah, it's a sequel as well. That is a, that is an ugly game, though. <laughs> Overwhelmingly positive reviews, by the way. Yeah, it's certainly unique. I have to check that one out. <laughs> I don't know how it plays nowadays, yeah. but... Well, it plays Ugh. as well as first-person brawling ever does. Uh, to say, <laughs> not very well. Oh, I because love the problem with first-person brawling is that brawling it kind of depends on you being aware of what's around you and of what might be coming up behind you to punch you in the bracket. Mm-hmm. And in first-person games, you can only look in one direction. What? Now you're speaking crazy talk. You, you I can remember do- when the... Remember when the new God of War came out and uh, they the camera like hugs really close to Kratos, mm-hmm. almost like a third person shooter. Yes, and then so uh, when there's enemies around you, they have to have like giant glowing arrows around Kratos, indicating where they are. And I was like, could we maybe not just pull the camera back a bit, like just the previous God of War games did? Just a thought from your pal Yahtzee there. In our in our third person uh, action game, just take that camera. You zoom it in again when when we when we're just walking yeah. around. But as when enemies zoom it come, in, just, if we're walking around, if we're yeah. aiming the axe to throw it at something, and then just pull it back a bit so we can see what's creeping up on our big fat ass. Absolutely, absolutely. The, ha- the the hammering is getting louder now. Seems like a much simpler solution than the one you went with. That's absolutely. Just me. No, I think that's really fair. Uh, we, we're, we're starting to talk about third-person action games instead of sandbox games, and there is hammering that is getting louder, so I think we're going to call this here podcast. God of War 4, that's a brawler-sprawler right there. Sp- the sprawler, yachts, we're yeah. making it happen. Because that was a sprawler. Mm-hmm. That was a sprawler. That was not a sneaky techni- sprawler. I, not I was technically not a- open-world sandbox, it was a sprawler. That was a sprawler. That was I hated the sprawler. <laughs> I, I I always say that God of War four or oh, AKA God of War could have been a really spectacular game if they opened up the sprawler after the story. Mm, I think you said that before. 
Yes. If you just get the story out of the way, we could have had a really nice time, then open up the world and just sprawl all you want, do all you want. I would have had a much, much better time. Yeah. And you could do it like when you finish Undertale and you could just go through all the areas you've been through and say yeah. hi to everyone. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Probably. Well, well. Uh, this is feeling like a wrapping up podcast. It certainly is. We were uh, talking about sandboxes with no particular goal in mind. I hope you enjoyed it. We came oh. up with a new term, sprawler. Remember mm -hmm. it. It'll be on all the Steam tags this time next year. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes, and much like sandbox games, we got off the point very, very quickly. Oh. Uh, but <laughs> remember, if you're just listening to this episode, it was based on our conversation of Rockstar versus Ubisoft sandbox games. That is available over on escapistmagazine.com, where you can become an Escapist Plus member and have ad-free viewing and get special bonus perks like uh, Ask the Creators Questions, where we uh, answer your questions in very uh, pedantic, long-form answers. Uh, or over on YouTube, you can become a YouTube member and you get content a week early. Holy moly. And you get a special uh, uh, name tag when we're live streaming so we know that you're one of the cool kids. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all the plugging. That's um, all the plugging. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Yahtzee Croshaw. And I'm at Harlack. And you can follow The Escapist generally on at Escapist Magazine. And I think that's everything. Can I plug my book? Uh, you, I, I, in fact, insist that you plug your book. The print version of Will Destroy the Galaxy for Cash is now available oh. from all good book retailers. Audio oh. book's been out for ages because it was an Audible original, but after six months we can sell it in print as well, and, that, and it's now available. And you know, so, even if you, uh, even if you like me, already got it on Audible, it's a great addition to your bookshelf. So then someone can say, "What's that?" And you can get extra nerd cred for having exactly. all of Yahtzee's books on exactly. your bookshelf. Yeah, conversation piece. Also, you can read it and find out how all the characters' names are spelled. Can't do that with the Audible version. <laughs> I prefer not to know. <laughs> All right, so that's there. it. And that, someone, I think someone needs to be let into your house by the sounds of it. It's a hammer. It's a hammer needs to be let into my house. Ooh, better let them in pretty urgently then. <laughs> All right, bye, bye everyone. everyone. Thanks bye. for watching, listening.